everyone. Welcome back to another episode of an Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. Cameron, you better make some shelf space because you're going to need the time to play Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, the Switch Lite. <laughs> oh, there you go. Exactly. I was like, where's this going? But then we got there. Uh, also with us is indie games editor, Campbell Gill. Those puns were a lot even for me. If Campbell's saying it's a lot, that's when you know you've crossed we're in, we're the line. Yeah. Um, you disappoint me, Mark. I'm really just disappointed. I tried. <laughs> no, just you know what, Mark? I'm not disappointed. I'm proud of you for <laughs> trying to usurp Campbell. I think it's about freaking time yeah, that one of just, us... Uh, just leave it know. to the professionals, though. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so Mark is, of course, referring to the special edition Nintendo Switch... Li- what's it called? Switch Lite? Yeah, Switch Lite. What it's the Alga I have one. Yeah, that edition. <laughs> the one, and it's, it's a, uh, obviously that was announced during the very recent Pokemon Direct, which just happened this past week. A pretty solid Direct, I thought. Uh, let's 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 get right into it. So, <laughs> the the Direct was advertised by the Pokemon Company as okay. We're going to showcase the Diamond and Pearl remakes as well as Pokemon Legends Arceus and a few other things. So of course morons decided that, that would be oh generation nine which like no obviously that's not what's going to happen what, what they meant by other things was updates for pokemon unite updates for pokemon what's it called pokemon puzzle mix or whatever it's cafe called mix. Yes, cafe, cafe mix, mix. Now, now titled cafe remix exactly um and of course you know everyone's favorite game so i'm just trying to pull up my notes here because i can't even remember the name of this is it Pokemon uh, Go? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon Only one of the most Pokemon Masters. Oh, Pokemon right. Masters. Masters yeah, X. I, yes. I was like, I've never heard of this. I don't know what this is. But it's um, worst hashtag. It's a horrible hashtag. <laughs> horrible yes. hashtag. Someone so should have thought. Yeah, someone should have um, deleted that one. Yeah, nobody, nobody thought that one through. Um, it was like the two-year anniversary of Pokemon Masters EX. I was like, "What is this? I've never, I've never heard of this." Um, what have you guys? What even is this? Have you heard of it? It's like a gotcha game or something. I literally only know it for the meme. So yeah, me too. I haven't looked at it. Do it. For, do it for the memes, baby. Well, apparently they're getting a very substantial update uh, for this some kind of pay-to-win card game or whatever the heck it is. Um, the Pokemon Unite stuff sounds cool. Obviously, that's finally coming to to mobile, so that that that's exciting that that got finally got a release date um, in September, mm-hmm. late September. Did they uh, did they mention that Blissey was coming to the game like this week? Uh, they mentioned a few Pokemon because Ma- I know Mamos- yes, so yeah, Sylveon and Mamoswine are coming to yes. the game in the next DLC batch. We still haven't seen Blastoise for some reason. I yeah, don't know Blastoise. why. Blastoise but, is like yeah. one of my favorite Pokemon. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why either. I, I think they're gonna try to kind of drip feed those. As, oh as yeah, that definitely. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, probably um, for the mobile release, they're probably. Do, just do you guys? To, are you, you going know, to? Um, do you think you'll you'll try it out on mobile just to, just to see what it's like? Or are you gonna stick with Switch? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, but there's a cool. There's a great costume for Pikachu. His little like. Yeah, his little, like, actually, Japanese if it has if thing. it has like cross progression, I'll consider it. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they didn't... I feel like they didn't mention whether or not it would, right? No, I don't think they did. It does have crossplay, though. Did. 
So yeah, I would imagine if they're doing cross-play, there's some kind of cross I mean, I don't know. who. I, this is speculation. But the point is, you know, good for them. I, it, it seems to have been really taking off. People are still talking about it. People are still playing it. Like, they've provided a few updates over the last couple of weeks that have, like, nerfed certain characters, maxed out other characters. So it's like, you know, it's it's a living game. It's going to change as, as time goes on. So I, I think that's great that uh, it's getting more, more and more substantial updates. I think that's cool. Cafe Remix... It looks cool. I haven't played the original. I have no real interest in it. Have you guys messed around with this at all? I reviewed it on the podcast. Oh, I you, oh of course. That yeah, was, uh, we talked about this a few a few months back. Yeah, I think that was my first appearance on N Express. Oh. I think it might have been. Actually, no. I think Xenoblade was. But it's a it's a uh, the art is so adorable of that game. But the gameplay, it, it does I'm look glad amazing, it's getting yeah. revamped because the yeah. gameplay was just like brainless well, yeah. it was it was twirl your thumb around and you'll probably win well mark i had no <laughs> idea what i was looking at in the trailer do you have any idea what exactly is changing in remix no i have no idea nice. and they didn't um <laughs> uh, they sent me a press release and they didn't even talk about what the changes were so i assume we're gonna get like a separate trailer or something i don't think it has a date either but all i know is that the gameplay needed more aspects and stuff and it looks promising you know it looks promising, yeah. Again, I don't have any any real interest in in that game, but it it does look uh, like I'm you know again I'm glad it's getting some kind of a some kind of a substantial update. I think that's great. Pokemon Go fifth anniversary. That was that was uh, one of those like oh my gosh I guess it's been at, it's been at least five years. Like that's crazy. Um, I like that they are bringing in some new Pokemon. I think that's fantastic. They had Wooloo uh, falling from the sky, which is really all I need to see. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it's the best. Uh, what, they, are you they saying announced... to kill the Wooloo? Yes, we need those wool coats. <laughs> oh my gosh, the, the Cruella of the Pokemon world over here has finally revealed himself. That I uh, uh, what was the raid? There was like a legendary raid they announced as well. I, I don't think I, I didn't take a note on who it was. Maybe not. I might I, I might be mistaken on that. I don't think either I, of us took notes think, on it. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, it's fine. Well, for I don't all remember. those. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely announced some kind of uh, some kind of a new raid. I, I think it might be the Pokemon from the from Sword and Shield, the the legendaries from Sword and Shield. Oh yeah, the ones I can't pronounce their names. <laughs> I am not even gonna try. I have not played those games. Uh, the uh, they're like the dog guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. dog that's yeah, yeah. Uh, shield face, and the other one has a sword in its mouth. Exactly. I think it was those ones. So that's that's exciting uh, for people who who are fans of. You know, the people who were fans of Sword and Shield can't see their favorites mm-hmm. represented. But getting into the, the real meat of the update, so the Shining, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl remakes, followed up by the Pokemon Legends Arceus uh, gameplay trailer. How are we feeling about these trailers, guys? Much, much better than the first ones, I think. The editing of that Diamond and Pearl trailer is literally like a high school last minute job. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it looks way better. It looks better, right? Uh, I I love that we got a little bit of a taste of every aspect of gameplay. I thought that was really a great choice. Oh, because definitely. I, I, yeah. yeah, like, I, I, I played the hell out of Emerald. I really enjoyed uh, Pokemon Emerald. So I, it, was, it was nice to see... Oh, hold on, wait a second. No, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm incorrect. I'm thinking of uh, Gen 4. I'm way off, right? Gen 3, you're thinking of. Oh Gen 4 God. was Platinum. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Wow, that's that. Okay, <laughs> that's what. Oh no, that's what I meant though. I did play the hell out of platinum though. I did play the hell out of platinum. Um, very much enjoyed it. So it was cool to see the new stuff that they've incorporated into Diamond and Pearl. Stuff like the underground. It looks greatly expanded. Um, secret bases look like they actually have a purpose now. 
stuff like that. I don't know what what else jumped out at you guys. Anything that was you thought was cool? This is a yeah. Really- the underground dens were cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one really minor thing that I liked was you, when you saw the characters moving around on the overworld, they had full 360 degree movement. It's not just eight yeah. directions, which honestly, that's a small change that goes a long way toward making the environments feel more real rather than just moving around on a grid. That was a, sure. a small little tweak that I thought went a long way towards making. I, I'm still not really a big fan of the aesthetic, but little touches like that are helping a bit, I think. Yeah, I. I've kind of come around on the aesthetic after after seeing it in action, seeing like some real like close ups of the characters interacting with each other. I'm like, eh, I don't hate this. And there were plenty I, I of st- close ups in that trailer as well. They, they, well, I think they were. I think they were really making an effort to to show like, uh, here's what it looks like. Like, get mm-hmm. used to it. You know what I mean? I feel like they were really get used trying to it. To do yeah. That. <laughs> you know, like honestly, um, I, I still think it's there's a little bit of that like, uh, you can't see, but I did a little twitch there. There's a little bit of that, like, huh, when you you're you're talking to like the chibi characters, and then it transitions to like a battle screen, and you see them in like their anime esque portrait, which is like you still have to kind of do a little bit of like adjustment there, which is kind of strange. Like seeing Cynthia look like a little chibi doll, and then seeing uh, seeing Cynthia like ready to do battle was like, wait a second, <laughs> this is very different. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll all still have to make that adjustment in our heads when we're playing this game. Um, but that said, it looks good. I like that. I mean, I like that they, you know, Pokemon can follow you around again. I think that's great. Everybody loves that. Um, and Campbell, to kind of piggyback off what you said earlier, I the the uh, 360 degree movement thing. I liked that they showed like a Piplup following the player character around, and I liked that it was like having to catch up a little bit. It wasn't like this Pokemon stays two feet away from you at all times. It's like no, it's like kind of lagging behind. It's catching up. It's speeding up. It's slowing down. It's like it feels a little more realistic, you know. Mm. Maybe realistic's not the word, but it feels more alive, you know? Right, yeah. Very realistic penguin following you around. It's a very realistic <laughs> water penguin uh, flapping around. I think it's great. Um, yeah, it looks good. Uh, I like that you can customize your character a little more. I think that's cool. That's a thing you yeah, can do. That's in a nice like, the outfits yeah. look fantastic. Dude, they, they showed a, a, I have this in quotes here, a Gengar-style jacket. And I was like, I would buy that tomorrow like if they, if, they, if they announced that that was a real product i'm like yeah give me the gengar jacket please um it, was the that game just looks of, better it just looks know? a lot better yeah i think yeah. uh it's a lot more detailed and vibrant there's a lot yeah. more color going on it just looks way better than that initial reveal because yeah. i feel like when they first revealed it it was a lot more plasticky i guess mm-hmm. that there's actual lighting this time around whereas yes, everything was just straight up flat textures flat characters no dimension to anything mm-hmm. really but now and it's the battles so seem like more dynamic exactly yeah dynamic <laughs> dynamic yeah dynamic, dynamic. Um, of course dynamax <laughs> there it is uh, yeah, I, I never messed around with the, like, the Pokemon contests or, or any of that stuff, so it, it seems like they've expanded that even more, which, yeah, hey, good for people who like that kind of stuff, but it was never really for me, so, I don't know, I, I wonder how much of that will become, you know, if any of that will, like, catch on even more or anything like that, you know? Um, did, did any of you guys play with with any of that optional stuff when you were uh, oh of course yeah Yeah. every i used to play (laughs) i used to play diamond like every single day on the bus to school so i i put god knows how many hours into that game i probably reached like the maximum cap you know oh wow yeah i love that 
Um, did you guys catch the uh, the Lucario doing a Naruto run? Uh, a Naruto run? Oh yeah, he's always been doing that. Classic. Yeah. Great, I loved it. Yeah, it looks good. I don't know. I don't know if I'll buy this game. Uh, I I like Pokemon. I did enjoy Platinum quite a bit, but it's just it's it's just it doesn't have my heart the same way the old generations do. So who knows? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if if, they, if again if they ever remake Gen Gen Two. Uh, I would instantly get on that, uh, but this this particular generation was not not super my bag. I don't have much nostalgia for it. Um, I'm not completely how, sold, but I do think I'll get it because yeah. I, I just really love Gen Four. And yeah, I mean, it, you know, if they make the battles faster, hopefully you could turn off the EXP share because I don't want that thing. It makes Pokemon too easy. That's a whole separate mm-hmm. debate, though. Um, you know, the expansions look good. The underground, I used to love that as a kid. Uh, the the yeah. amount of times we'd make secret bases and play the um, capture the flag mini games that it had where you'd run through the entire underground just trying yeah. to chase down the flags. Well, and that it, looks, it all looks, it looks good. even better. Yeah, the, the underground yeah, stuff actually looks was like, okay, yeah. Um, but the bi- of course, the biggest, most exciting thing, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, Arceus. I think they said Arceus in the trailer. The debate will rage on forever. It actually looks, Mark, what do you think? It looks way better, but looks way I better. still have some concerns. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> such <laughs> but as, it looks, such as? Compared to, compared to that first trailer, this is, you know, I thought they were going to pull another um, Sword and Shield, and it was going to look literally the same, but this looks way better. This just looks so much better. I mean, the the graphics to me still look a bit rough. I know, I know, like I'm not expecting Breath of the Wild type graphics, but um, I'm hoping that the gameplay is gonna look better than some of the wide shots in the game, because right. they look a little rough around the edges. The gameplay though looks great. I I love what they're doing with the combat system, how they've changed it that now um, Pokemon could do multiple moves and then you know yeah. switch over between each other. I love the idea of being able to capture them and not having to battle. The fact that the battles are interactive, that you actually fight the Pokemon as a trainer. That's something that's <laughs> or, been in the oh you know God, the manga yeah. for so long, and even like the shows, but more so in the manga. But they're really pulling that all into the games now. Yeah, it's. Uh... I was I was genuinely surprised when they showed the, it, uh, what, what do they call it? Um, like Rex like the stance. No 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 no. Uh, is that what it was? Uh, like the, the stance switching thing, the you know you can go to the style switching. Oh no! I was talking about um, the bear attack. Oh my god! There, yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> well, that was horrifying. Uh, yeah, the Ursa. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the, the best was they, they they like they cross cut it with with a character saying Pokemon are terrifying, and it's like this Ursa, this blood red eyed <laughs> Ursa ring bearing down on this trainer. I was like, that guy's gonna die. Like that's it. <laughs> like, can you imagine if an Ursa, an eight foot tall bear just yeah with glowing red eyes chasing after you like forget it well no. you just get bruised up and then you wake up at your camp later yeah and you lose a little money and that's it right exactly um, it takes it takes your money it takes your it lunch takes money. your money beats you up takes your money it's fine uh but yeah it looked good it, it had kind of a um i mean clearly they're riffing on the blood monster moon. hunter well that oh breath of yeah the that's it breath yeah, of the wild like, yeah the blood moon yeah yeah like, many influences clearly, here yeah, exactly. They're obviously drawing from a lot of stuff. Um, it looks good, man. I, I love the mounts. I love them. They showed him riding the, mm. uh, the whatever the the Stantler evolution. We, what was it called? Weird, weird, weird deer, weird deer. Yeah, yeah, the snowy Stantler evolution. I thought that was awesome. Mm. Uh, loved the hang gliding braviary. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> um, mm. And of course, the ba- what is it called? Bas- basculin. 
the oh my god um the ghost fish yeah the ghost fish the ghost fish the ghost koi <laughs> like i loved watching that trainer yeah, ride that great. ghost koi i was like this looks awesome I love how they're um, like, he has obtained the souls of his fallen brethren up yeah, the stream just, of the river. Like, what casually, the heck? Just casually dropping that in. Like, but that's death, Pokemon exists. Its, <laughs> death exists. That's, that, that's Pokemon at its finest, though, I think, is when they just, like, like the casually drop in the weirdly dark Pokemon lore. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, you know, Cubone wearing the skull of its dead mother. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, here's... <laughs> Driftloon <laughs> taking the kids away into the yeah, sky. You know what I mean? It's great. Um, and that's not to mention how this game now flips the script as well. So now you're the one hiding in the tall grass, <laughs> assaulting these uh, innocent Pokemon. Very true. <laughs> yeah. I'm so curious to see what the... Because it is, it, is it is a proto-Pokemon world, right? So you're mm-hmm. interacting with what seemed mm-hmm. to be the very first... Pokemon professor, the very first, you know, like team, like clearly that's going to be Team Galactic, those people they're talking to. Yeah, um, the people you right? work for. The people yeah. you work for. It's like, ah, are we the baddies? Like, wait a second. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, um, I'm especially interested to see what they do with the story in this game because, yes. pl- I mean, Platinum had the absolute best story out of any Pokemon game. And I'm just curious if this game is going to connect to the Diamond and Pearl remakes because it well, seems yeah, like they have good. made changes. Like, I know we talked about this when Bradley Gilshiller was on the show, mm. but um, the statue of Palkia and Dialga has been combined. So it's like sort of takes inspiration from the manga. Mm. So I'm wondering if certain story beats are just going to be transferred over to just make better characters and everything. It wouldn't shock me, yeah. Um, it looks it looks like they're really trying to shake up the Pokemon formula in a really big way. I hope, I don't know, I hope it follows through on all the, the, the premises. Like, they're really good premises. And I really hope mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, that it's as complex and delightful as we, as we imagine, you know? This is the first time I've ever been, like, sold on a Pokemon game to this extent in in years. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely excited for this. This is everything that I wanted to actually get me excited about yes. the series once again. So whereas yeah. I don't really feel all that hot on the, the remakes, this just has me so hyped because this yes. looks like the real adventure that... Pokemon has been building up towards for so long, but never really getting toward. So I'm really, really interested to see how this turns out, and I hope it doesn't end up uh, uh, not turning out all its promises. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Campbell, I'm I'm right there with you. I... Like I just said five minutes ago, like, eh, like, I'm not really sure about the Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl remakes, but this Pokemon Legends thing has really got me excited. And uh, I definitely am, like, I don't know if I'll love it, but I'll definitely be supporting it because uh, I want to see them do more of this, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see to see how, how it looks. Obviously, we got to talk about Growlithe. Oh, uh, yes, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've, we've held off so long cute. enough. So cute. Very cute. Give me all the Growlithe. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tony, uh, over on our website... Um, has written a great little write-up of fan art about this new Growlithe variant. Uh, variant. Uh, uh, Uh-oh. You know what I mean. Regional <laughs> form. Yes. Regional form. Thank you. I'm watching Loki. I don't know. Um, it's the Growlithe variant. Um, I really hope there's a there's a fancy Arcanine uh, that it evolves into. I, oh, I for love. sure. Yeah. There's got to be, right? Like, that's there's got to be. Right. Yeah. Arcanine gets even fluffier this time. <laughs> <laughs> even fluffier. And it's going to have, like, rock shoulder pads or something. I don't know. Oh, that'd be um, sick. <laughs> right? 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's gonna be cool. Um, I mean, that's always the the fun part of Pokemon is seeing seeing the new forms, especially these days. Like, okay, what regional variants do we do we have here? I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool to see what else they come up with. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything else we want to touch on with this with this new new Pokemon uh, situation. It's got a lot of Monster Hunter inspiration. Even like the menu noises that they showed for a split second sound like they're straight out of Monster Hunter. You know. Uh, I don't know, but I believe you. <laughs> I haven't played enough Monster Hunter. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> like, sure, I don't know. Um, yeah, I. Well, I mean, Monster Hunter apparently has been a pretty big success. So yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they're like, great, let's just do let's just keep that going. Yeah, it's gonna be good, guys. I'm excited for that. And they did get we a hope. firm release date, which I will be amazed if they manage to hit. Um, the 28th of January in 2022. So if they manage to hit that release date, good for them. I wouldn't be shocked if this game got delayed. I think it'll make that date. You think so? Because I don't think I don't I don't think a Pokemon game has ever been delayed, has it? Ooh, yeah. that's a good question. I have no idea. I don't think Game Freak is one to delay their games when Pokemon is such a massive multimedia franchise. You know, delaying the game affects all the other stuff that they inevitably have in the works about Legends Arceus. And we all know they don't take delays because Campbell, you reviewed um, your favorite Game Freak game, Town. Little Remember Town Hero. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay, that's the thing. I didn't think it was a terrible game. It wasn't a great game, but it wasn't awful. But having played that, I see a lot of like graphical influences and design influences in Legends Arceus now. Like the graphics look relatively similar the way the character models and buildings are designed the really uh low quality textures for the ground everything uh looks like it's carried over from that um but yeah they did delay that game though so and it turned out still not that great so (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny also diamond Um, and pearl uh, ds it did take the design directly from the ds but now it's on the switch light yeah that that was a great uh throwback Uh, again we this is probably part of a larger conversation. Uh, I was talking to Campbell and Mark earlier about how, like, I don't like super get uh, special edition consoles. Like, I've never, I've never bought one myself. I've never really. The, the Majora's Mask DS is the only one that really piqued my interest. But it's like, well, I already have a DS, so I don't need another one. Uh, this one, it looks really cool. Um, I've already got a Switch. Uh, my wife has a Switch Lite. I don't think we need another one, but it does look. I like the black and white with the with the outlines of the Pokemon. It does look really cool. I'll um, consider it. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, will it's, it's it. in if it's in the budget, then uh, it's sure. coming home. You know, sure, that's fair. Yeah, I'm honestly. waiting for the inevitable Pokemon Legends Arceus Switch OLED. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect excuse to waste fifty extra dollars on a bunch of pointless features for a new Switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this is surely they're gonna look at this and be like, all right, we're gonna get five million of these Dialga Palkios out the door, and then. Arceus is going to come along and they'll do a special design with that and they'll be like, oh, here's another five million out the door. Mm-hmm. You know? It's free money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it just prints money. money. Uh, so yeah, so the point is, very exciting Pokemon update. Lots of good stuff to look forward to in the coming couple of weeks and months, whether you're a fan of the mobile games that they've been doing, whether you're excited for the more traditional Pokemon style, or whether you want to try something entirely new with the Legends branding. So lots of good stuff to look forward with Pokemon. We're going to take a quick break and come back, and we have an indie smorgasbord for you all. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
back. So last week during Nintendo's Indie World Direct, they shadow dropped something like, I don't know, five, six, seven games, a bunch of games. And fortunately, we have a fantastic indie games editor in the form of Campbell Gill and, of course, Brent, our other uh, indie games editor. So we've been able to play a lot of these games that just came out. So we figured we'd pack the back half of this show with all these games we've been playing over the last week and we can change. Campbell, why don't you start us off to, to talk about Boyfriend Dungeon. Always glad to talk about smooching some swords, you know? Um, <laughs> and also, axes and... And axes and spears and daggers and so many other wonderful weapons. Mm-hmm. Boyfriend Dungeon is really one of those games where the concept is just so stupid that you have to play through it and see how they execute it. Wow. The be- it's silly. It's so dumb. But they turn it into something that I think is really remarkable and actually has some really in-depth storytelling out of such a, a light-hearted, wacky idea. The best way I can describe Boyfriend Dungeon is that it's a roguelike dungeon crawler where the weapons you wield in combat can also turn into incredibly attractive people that want to date you. And so then you can start dating your weapons, forging relationships with them, and then as you start getting closer to your weapons, you get new abilities, and then you can go into a dungeon. And of course, because everything is super lighthearted and lovely around in the setting of the game, it's called the dunge. So you you venture into the dunge. It's like either it's a shopping mall or it's a nightclub. You go into it, you fight some monsters that represent your deepest insecurities and as you do so you start to gain closer relationships with your weapons you get new abilities it's kind of a classic roguelike gameplay loop married with a dating simulator and these two different mechanics these two pretty different gameplay styles marry together really well and pretty seamlessly so the gameplay loop the action and the dating is really satisfying and as you go through that it also has this story that I think is really, on the one hand, surprisingly deep and tackles some some major topics I wasn't really expecting. This silly game about swords and and hot people at a beach. You know, I wasn't expecting it to tackle topics like mental health, like harassment, like manipulation. But yet it does wow. so in a pretty, I would say, overall successful way that reinforces accepting open-minded and just wholesome ideas of building relationships with other people i wouldn't say it's perfect and a lot of that 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 heavy subject matter that i just alluded to isn't for everybody and it's it comes almost as a shock compared to the main gameplay loop of going on dates and going through dungeons and having this kind of silly narrative but in the end it all comes together into this whole that i found to be really really well executed a well-sharpened blade if you would Ah, uh, that's... I would, actually. I would, actually. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, from, from what I understand, I, again, I haven't played this game just yet. I, it does look incredibly intriguing. I remember seeing it at E3 years and years and years ago, and uh, it was like, this looks great. So the fact that it's finally out and, and apparently pretty positively received is really encouraging. I think that's cool. From, mm-hmm. from what I understand, and based on what a little bit of what you've told me, Campbell, it does seem to be tackling these subjects in a, in a pretty sophisticated way despite their despite the premise um, mm-hmm. but these actual the way it's actually handling like like the writing itself seems to be like oh it's 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 handled pretty well from from what mm-hmm. I understand it does yeah it's handled well so the main yeah. plot of the game is that you go to this summer retreat called Verona Beach 
and you've never dated anybody in your life, you've never had a successful relationship before, you go to the beach and you want to you want to form a relationship. You want to find love, maybe multiple relationships. You can be either monogamous or polyamorous. The game doesn't really care. So you go into the beach mm. with that with that goal in mind. And as you do so, the main plot of the game is about how you encounter somebody who wants to go on a date with you, and then they don't really give up. And then it turns into the story of stalking, and they start oh, wow. texting you a lot. They they leave you like like gifts that you didn't ask for. They they follow you around. It's really it honestly gets pretty creepy at times. And then it goes into some really dark territory and like almost like fantastical that I was not expecting in the slightest. And that comes as a bit of a shock when the dates that you can go on, the characters themselves that you can that you can date, those stories are pretty lighthearted for the most part. You know, you have have a sword that owns a nightclub and he's all this this kind of silly party guy you have a dagger that's a street artist and she's all sassy and fun and then you have this plot about what do you do about this stalker right <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's, it's quite a dichotomy but, but that's like classic rpg stuff i mean mm-hmm. the, the example i'd seen um the example i'd see kind of bandied about on on social media was mm-hmm. like the Persona Five example, which is like, yeah, it's right. you know, it's it's an RPG, it's a dungeon crawler, and also within the first hour of that game, you're dealing with sexual harassment, you're dealing with attempted suicide, you're dealing with uh, grooming mm-hmm. of a minor. Like, there's a lot of stuff in the very first hour of Persona Five. It's not, you know, it kind of comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I mean, this is probably as good a place to talk about this as any. So there is a a content warning sort of issue, not, not, not issue. There's a content warning at this, at the top of boyfriend dungeon. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to talk about, about that Campbell and kind of how the developers have, have adjusted some of their, some of their stuff in an update? Yeah. So boyfriend dungeon originally had a content warning from the moment it released talking about how it dealt with themes of harassment of manipulation things like that and going into it that was kind of to be expected because it's a game about relationships maybe these Mm -hmm. characters have traumatic backstories maybe they've dealt with things in their past what wasn't covered in that content warning was that that those themes were played out in real time in the game you get texts from a stalker you you have to deal with your stalker it's it's honestly kind of creepy stuff and it wasn't at all signaled throughout the game's marketing that this would be such a major facet of the game. So there was a lot of outcry about this, and I can see why there would be so many people having an issue with it, because there was no reason to expect this from the game to begin with. However, the way it deals with the story, the way the game tells its story and deals with those themes, it it does it very respectfully and ties it into a narrative that's about forming healthy relationships in the end of it, and ties it back toward recovery and towards prioritizing mental health and getting help when you need it so i think that the story itself isn't bad and the fact that those themes are in there isn't wrong in itself but there was a lot of outcry about it, about it a lot of outrage and so because of that kit fox games has come out and created a new content warning that's more explicit about the fact that these themes are actively present in the game and I think that that's the best that they could do in this scenario because there's no yeah. way to make these things act, uh, optional. There's no way to remove them without straight up just no, changing the structure the of the game, game. Yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. There's Which, no and, final and, and boss, and I, no story. And in I that think, sense. in my opinion, I don't think they should be expected to do that. Exactly. No, like, me I, I think it's like I think that's kind of a ridiculous assumption on the part of people who are who are not not offended by this. Like, obviously, you know, something's triggering. It's triggering. Exactly. But it's like yeah. to 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 be like. 
you should change your entire game is like, well, that's not that's not what should happen. Yeah, <laughs> no, know, like it they, goes into a wider know. story, a wider topic of yeah. artistic integrity in itself. What yeah, stories exactly. are you yeah, allowed yeah, to yeah, tell yeah. at this point? Like, obviously, right. these kinds of stories aren't always pleasant. They're not fun. They're not for everybody. Yeah, but people and, and should the, still the, have the right to tell them as long as they're I, you know told respectfully and effectively. I question Campbell. Agree, yes. Mm-hmm. Is this game rated M? I think so. Yeah. Oh, so then I, I would have, you know, yeah. I don't let's see look what's up. wrong let's, with let's, that. But I'll just say, right you know. No, I don't I don't know the whole situation. This is the first time I'm hearing yeah. about it. Well, I'll, I'll just say that, you know, wink, wink, there are other reasons this game might be rated mature in uh-huh. a dating game. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks, I mean, I honestly, I look. it looks great. Um, I, I think, like... The fact that they put out a content warning at all is actually kind of great. Like, I I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm personally very fortunate in that, like, I don't get... I don't have a lot of those, like, trigger points, like, mm-hmm. with, with much media yeah. I consume. I'm, I'm fortunate in that regard. But I know for, for people like my wife, for people who, you know, maybe are a little more sensitive, it's like, I, I appreciate that the developer is making an effort to be like, hey, our game is going to deal with a lot of this stuff. And I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately a win, um, and the fact that they responded to some fan outcry is, is I don't know, ultimately I think is interesting and mm-hmm. uh, worth talking about. So I think good for them. It really and is I'm glad good. To hear the game is, and I'm glad to hear the game is actually fun. <laughs> it well. is. So that's, that <laughs> yeah, is also we've, good. We've talked so much about the controversy surrounding it, but the game itself is really solid. The unfortunate thing yeah. with any sort of dungeon crawler that's releasing these days is that it's going to get compared to Hades. It's yeah. nothing near Hades at all. I'll just put that out there right now. There are some mechanical right. issues. There's some repetitiveness in the gameplay. But all told, it's still a really solid roguelike with some fun combos and the way that it blends the dating simulator elements into the action is really fun. The dungeons have little hangout spots that you can relax at and talk to your weapons, and you can just have this fun dialogue and get to know each other better. And then the dates are, for the most part, really well written. Each character has so many different character quirks. There's plenty of weapon puns, which is always just warms my heart deep to the core. You know, there's plenty of times where you go <laughs> sightseeing, um, you sharpen your blade. It's it's beautiful. There's a lot to love with the game. It's not perfect in any respect, but I think it's definitely worthwhile. Whether you love dating simulators or you just want another really well-made roguelike to play through, of course, be aware of the dark subject matter that the game deals with, but if you're able to handle that, if it doesn't bother you, then you have a really lovely time in store. Love it. Um, let's move on to something. And for the record, uh, that game is in fact rated T for Teen, um, which is oh, interesting. I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> that's what it says. I'm, I'm, I'm on the eShop right now, and it says uh, T for Teen. So I guess. Okay, so know, I guess, yeah, that would have been expected of a reaction. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah, that about sense. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the youths of today, guys, the teens of today are, are, are dealing with a lot more a lot more stuff than we, we had to deal with. I'm starting to puritanical um, in comparison, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's move on to something that, that uh, has no such, no such controversy, Garden Story, which is a game that I've been playing uh, over the last week, and I just wrote a review for the site. A very adorable, uh, quote-unquote, cozy game. and Another RPG, but not quite as... There's no dating involved in Garden Story, uh, because you are a grape, and uh, the grape does not date anybody in this game, which is fine. <laughs> what a shame. Um, it's a shame. I would love to see the grape and, like, some avocado get together or something. I don't know. It doesn't quite happen. Um, 
a really cute game. Uh, it turns out there's actually, a, as I was doing research for this, for, for a garden story, there's a lot of coverage on Goomba Stomp about this game over the years. Brent did a preview of it years ago. Campbell, you, you had a great interview uh, with, I think it was the developer. Um, yep. Or or this or the story designer or something on this game, yeah, which is and it's a really solid really solid interview. This exactly, yes, Oliver. So so both, um, really great interview about how the the crux of Garden Story is about building a community, and that really comes through in in every aspect of the game. So unlike a lot of other like chosen one RPG narratives, you play this little grape, but instead of like all right, grape, go and go and save the world. It's like, well, you got to go and save the world, but also along the way, you're going to stop at every little little ta- little town, little community, and help them, and circle back and and see how they're doing. Like unlock, unlike a lot of you know Final Fantasy games or, or Dragon Quest games, where you're just kind of like you have the starting town and then you go off into the world for seventy plus hours. In this game, you really are are like spending a lot of time in each individual individual town, helping individuals, building up resources building up repairing buildings that kind of stuff to kind of like hey i'm the chosen one but the point of me being the chosen one is to help out our little community and it's it's great and that theme is really carried through in in every aspect of the game it's um i mean talk about the you talked about how boyfriend dungeon has has a couple of mechanical issues i would say that this game does have a, a little bit of that like it has some action rpg elements you have a stamina bar to manage as you engage in combat you have a shield to manage, you know, to, to deflect attacks and stuff like that. Not all of that is is as engaging as perhaps it should be. It it's serviceable. It works. You get some perks and upgrades later in the game that make the combat a little more fun. But it's I would say it's not the focus of the game. Like the combat is there. It's pretty well done. But it's certainly not going to be like oh man I can't wait to like min max my stats and and make my little grape the best warrior in all the land. It's like it's not really about that. I think. Um, one thing that I loved about it is that it does. It's a pretty lighthearted story, but it does get into some real like not heavy stuff, but some real, like, oh, wow, this is, like, this is real-world application um, regarding, like, climate change and, like, how, you know, how can humanity help each other? Like, it, it has some really great parallels to, you know, the world that we live in today and and how we can help each other out, help our neighbors out, help, you know, save the Earth. <laughs> so it's, like, it gets into some cool stuff later in the game, which I actually really appreciated. Um, I recommend it. It's uh, it's pretty slow paced, which was for me, kind of an adjustment I had to make. Like the game is like, you really, kind of like in Animal Crossing or Harvest Moon or or those style of simulation games. There's stuff where this game will straight up be like, all right, you have to wait two full in-game days for this thing to happen, and it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll do that then. Like you can't really rush through as much as you might expect you really do have to like stop slow down take a beat and that's kind of neat that the game forces you to do that so if, if you can adjust to the, the the pace that the game is setting for you it's it's a very nice little rpg that i that i do recommend and the graphics and and music are really really cute very adorable and dare i say it cozy um so <laughs> i don't know i, I recommend garden <laughs> story um do you guys think are you interested in this one i, I think mark you have a code for it right I do. I haven't touched yeah. it yet because I can't. 
talk about what I've been busy with. <laughs> you don't have the time, man. You're a busy man. Um, I, I hope I, I let me know what you think of it. Like I, I'm. Oh yeah, of sort course. Of, no, yeah, I'm gonna talk about it in the future on the podcast. Right. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I played the opening ten minutes or so, and it was just really charming. I love the Very opening cutscene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played it back at PAX South, what feels like ages ago, Um, but I really loved it back then. Uh, It was just so cute, so charming, so sweet. Uh, And then when I did the interview with the developer about it as well and learned more of the backstory behind it, I believe that they just started, they came up with the idea for the game while working the night shift at a nursing home. Like, it's just crazy stories that, that inspired this and to create a game that's all about just finding finding peace in your community and coming together to help each other it just sounds so sweet and i'm really glad to hear from from what you've said and from what i've seen other reviews and articles talking about that's turned out so well yeah it's it's legitimately good uh and uh a nice break from from maybe some of the heavier uh subject matter but uh all that being said i'm gonna i'm gonna pass it over to mark who has also been playing kind of a relaxing chill game why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been playing Yes, so Islanders Console Edition is a port of Islanders from, I believe it was 2019. Uh, It was a Steam exclusive originally, and it's a game that's a city builder, and it's just a very casual one at that. There's no story. Uh, there's not really multiple modes outside of a creative mode, sort of like Minecraft, but the idea of the game is that you place buildings to get a high score, and you have to make sure that you meet the point score within the amount of obstacles you could place, or structures, or parts, or whatever you'd like to call them, and what you do is you just make your own island, and that's really the entire point of the game. Yeah, it, it's, uh, again, seeing that trailer in the Indie World Direct, like, it this looks very calming it looks cool i used to love sim city as a kid like those kinds of games do like are deeply nostalgic to me so the fact that it it just it seems like it's the most relaxing thing <laughs> of all time it looks really cute um yeah it is it, it's it's super minimalistic it has yeah. this one soundtrack that's it's really good i really wish there was more music to it like minecraft how it has like the whole um you know c13 sound design but uh, that's the only really negative about the game is that the soundtrack is so short. But uh, you keep building islands and then eventually you get what's called the um, expedition. And you can go on expeditions, which literally restarts your island from scratch and gives you a new uh, generated one. And you literally just keep building until you mess up. That's the whole goal of it. Or you can go into the creative mode, make whatever the heck you want on one island. They give you unlimited parts. It's just like a chill game to play. Both modes are super relaxing until obviously you mess up and realize you have one part left and can't make it out of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's really great. It's a code sync game. Um, Grizzly Games was the developer. It, it's just all around just so relaxing and charming it's only i think it's only 4.99 on the eShop, and it is so oh my worth gosh. it yes. i dumped i talked about yeah. this last week i've played a lot of games that i can't can't talk about since but uh on my first day with it i put in three hours and i did not expect yeah. that yeah well that's when you know it's good is when it's like oh i'm just gonna check this out before i go to bed or something and next thing you know it's the middle of the night it's like wait what the hell what where, where did those, yeah. where did those <laughs> hours go and that's well that's when you know it's like it's got something it's got a hook you know so i'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that that that, uh, that it has that that's great and for just five dollars too yeah i was gonna say five dollars and it has an online leaderboard you can't Ooh. look at who's at the top of the leaderboard you can only look at the 10 within your range 
but it's so great because every time you look at it on the title screen, it's like you want to get higher. And when the game came out, I was at um, number four. That was the highest I made it. And then I checked today and I was at like number 254 or something I was at. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, how the <laughs> like, Gotta get back fallen. in there. Yeah. Gotta get back in there and show who's going to be uh, the best island builder competitive island building yeah that's what it's that's what it's all about yeah let's let's take this very relaxing minimalistic game and turn it into an esport let's please do that um but yeah it looks great and uh i'm glad to hear that it is you know firing on all cylinders um campbell did you want to talk about axiom verge 2 or is there anything else we want to jump into before that I mean, I'm always down to talk about Axiom Verge 2. Even before the game came out, I was down to talk about it. It's been my life's purpose. <laughs> because I've been caught awesome. in the verge, in the breach yeah. between existences, between dimensions, absorbing this game. That sounds weird, it. but that ties into the game's lore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. So uh, after, so this game, uh, obviously, it was announced a while back, and we've all been eagerly awaiting it. When this game shadow dropped last week i finally pulled the trigger on playing axiom verge one so i've been playing a little bit of that over the past couple of days nice and it's it's good it's fine it's uh i haven't played one of those in a while so it's scratching a particular itch for me and by i say one of those i'm referring to a metroidvania mm-hmm. yep. um because this game is axiom verge one is basically a super, super metroid, metroid. it's essentially super metroid and, and i would say it's you know obviously super metroid is a stone cold classic this game is is playing with a lot of those ideas. It's good. It's very enjoyable. So I'm intrigued. I've heard that the sequel diverges in a lot of ways. So why don't why don't you why don't you get into it? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it does, and what I was so surprised to find going into Axiom Verge two. Because like you just mentioned, Axiom Verge one was, for all intents and purposes, just the follow up to Super Metroid that Nintendo never made. And while today mm-hmm. it's not that amazing, you have to put it in context. Back in 2015, no, yeah, Axiom I'm Verge not, not, was yeah, this I'm not ragging on the game. Thing. It's no, good. No, of course. Yeah. But that's what made it so intriguing when I heard that there was a sequel. What direction would this go in? Because today, we're flooded with Metroidvanias. This is the post-Hollow Knight, yeah. post-even Nintendo's back into it, post-Samus uh, Returns world. You know, yeah. So the idea of just cloning Metroid and creating another Super Metroid isn't as exciting as it used to be. And Axiom Verge 2 like you said, diverges from that formula in so many ways to the point where, frankly, it's only a sequel to Axiom Verge in name only. Like, there are there are hints to the story and characters and world building and mechanics. There are a lot of callbacks to the original game, but for all intents and purposes, this is a brand new story, brand new world, brand new characters, and a ton mm. of new mechanics the differences manifest themselves in so many ways from the simple fact that there were no longer those classic metallic tubes transitioning between areas. The enemies aren't those little beetle guys that crawl around the platforms anymore. Instead, this is very much its own thing. The story is totally independent. It's about this billionaire scientist who goes to try and unravel some mystery, try and find her missing daughter, and ends up in an all-new dimension. And this dimension is so radically different from the original Axiom Verge. It's this vibrant world of snowy mountains and uh, jungles and forests and deserts. It's so diverse and so colorful, filled with these just these like 
uh, droids that want to go and kill you, and there's this mystery about what's going on in this world. Why are the why are there so many monsters trying to attack you? And the mechanics throughout it, the there are so many new items, so many ways to interact with your surroundings. This world is massive, and in true Metroidvania fashion, there are a ton of new items and abilities to discover that create these really like ingenious ways of exploring new parts of the area. The biggest new mechanic is that there's not just one world, there's two. You can shift from the main world oh, wow. into something called the Breach, which is basically an 8-bit callback to the original Axiom Verge. And as you go into that other world, you can find portals that take you to other areas of the main world that you wouldn't be able to reach otherwise. So that adds, you know, um, word wordplay intended, a new dimension to exploring <laughs> this. And that, play, that, that kind of philosophy, that way that those mechanics play into each other, is represented throughout the whole game. I would say that there are some areas where Axiom Verge 2 falls short of its predecessor. The boss battles are kind of a letdown. The combat isn't as exciting as it used to be because it focuses a lot on close-range combat rather than long-range. Mm. It forces you to get up close and personal with your enemies, which I find really breaks up the pace of exploration. Um, but all told, the world is so amazing to explore. The aesthetics are amazing. The music is fantastic because it's not just that traditional techno ambient sound that you had in the first game, but it incorporates a lot of unique, almost like Mesopotamian or Middle Eastern influences. And that oh, plays through in the visuals as well, where a lot of these androids aren't just, you know, evil robots. They're designed with Mesopotamian architecture and like sculptural faces. Like they look like these idols from ancient Babylon. It's this weird cultural blend that creates a setting that's not only different from Axiom Verge, but different from a lot of other Metroidvanias. So whether you've played the original Axiom Verge or whether you just want another really solid Metroidvania, Axiom Verge 2 is a really just a lovely game. And it's great because it solidifies Axiom Verge as a series that's not just trying to do the Super Metroid games that Nintendo isn't going to make, but instead it's its own thing now. And I'm really excited to see where the developer goes from here. Wow, that's, I mean, that's a pretty... Uh... A pretty stirring recommendation. Uh, I, I do have one question for you. Um, mm -hmm. So you mentioned that this game incorporates a lot of new abilities and like movement options. Like what? Like like what? Such as? Okay, so the biggest one is that you have a remote drone that you can deploy. So you have your normal character that you're running around and exploring the world with, but you can also deploy this drone, which is a lot smaller and has a lot more movement versatility. Like you can. Uh, latch onto ledges you can eventually hover through the air and the drone is also the only the only entity per se that can go into the breach and go to different dimensions so it really as you're exploring this mechanic changes the way you interact with the environment because you have to ask yourself okay so as i'm playing in my human form I can't get up to that ledge, but if I deploy the drone, I can just use my grapple hook and get up to that ledge. I can't get over this gap, but if I use the drone, I can get over there. And eventually, there are points. there's a point in the game where you don't have to just deploy the drone and then manage your human form later. You can transform into the drone, and um, that allows you to really explore even further. So that's the biggest way that the game really changes things up. But there are plenty of other options as well. You have some traditional items like your boomerang and your your pickaxe, which you use for close range combat. But you have other kind of 
really glitch-focused ones, which if you've played the original Axiom Verge, you know that glitching is a major part of this, this series identity. There's one item where you can basically self-destruct, but then immediately reassemble all your atoms together so you can use that to blow up any um, you know, weak walls or anything blocking your path and open new ways forward. So those are just a few of the ways that you can wow, interact yeah, with your environment, they're... the new items, and there are more than that. It's really cool how much variety they pack into the arsenal that you have. That is that is that is not what I was expecting. <laughs> I, I, was, I thought you were gonna be like, "There's a hook shot. There's a whatever. There's a double jump." But it's like that was very in depth. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, yeah, it sounds great. It looks great. Um, I love that they're taking the story in new directions. I appreciate that they're trying something entirely different. Uh, I. I wonder if there will be if this will become more of a long running franchise. Is it still just one dude? It is still just one developer, Tom Hap. Wow. He did all the music, all the development, all the story, everything. So you go to the credits and it's literally one name. <laughs> and then there's a lengthy list of, you know, thanks to all my supporters, but in terms of development, it's just developed solely by Tom Hap. Incredible. That's exactly. that's really, really amazing. Like It I'm, is super impressive and yeah. If you know the guy's life story, it's even more impressive how he managed to pull this off. There's a great documentary about the development of the original Axiom Verge uh, that was recently put on YouTube by IGN. I definitely recommend giving that a look to learn more oh, about uh, Tom Hap's backstory and how the game came to be. Because he's he's undergone a lot of struggles to make this game a reality. That is awesome. Great. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know the existence of this documentary, so that's that's rad. Yeah, it's really um, cool. And one th one last thing I'll add is that a sequel is basically confirmed at this point. Not to give away the story's ending, but it does end on a a open note. So there's there's great. definitely going to be a lot more to come from it. And I hope it answers some questions from the story because this narrative is vague as all get out. I have no idea what's going on most of the time. But really, <laughs> I don't know how much that matters in the grand scheme of things when the world is the main attraction here. Awesome. Great. I'm glad to hear it. I love that. So, wow. What else What else have we got in our in our grab bag here? Um, I got one more, but it wasn't please. from the Indie World Showcase. It's a little game called Pile Up, and it oh, yeah. is a four-player game where you play as a bunch of boxes, or as they're called, the Boxlings. And it's just like <laughs> a platformer puzzle game. Um, there's not much to really say about it. Otherwise, it's it's like a papercraft type game with the aesthetic. It's very short and sweet. It took me about two hours to finish. Uh, there's an indie snippet up on the website about it. But it, it's definitely worth your time. If you're looking for a game to play with three other people uh, in the vein of like those Super Mario 3D World type games, this is one of them to definitely check out. It's a lot of fun to see how the single player versus the multiplayer works because when you're doing single player puzzles, basically the premise of the game is you have to pick up boxes and carry them, unload them. You could do some dashing. There's some like movement options, not a lot. It's a very simple type of game. But if you're playing with multiple people, you can literally use each other to solve puzzles. And it's just brilliant because there are so many different ways to solve the puzzles if you really think it through with friends. Using your friends um, is always the best thing you can do in a relationship. Love to use my <laughs> friends to solve puzzles. It's the best. Uh, that's awesome, man. It's uh, oh man, a short and sweet game that you can play with your friends. What a concept, man. <laughs> like, cannot wait to play games with my friends in the same room one of these days. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen, guys. I, I played it, yeah. I played it a little bit um, 
multiplayer. I played mostly the entire thing single player, and it's still a blast. I, it's it's just a fun little puzzle game. The team behind it's really small. I think it's worth checking out. Awesome, 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 awesome. We can give it the name one more time. Uh, pile up box pile. by box. I love that. I was gonna say moving out, but it's like nope, that's a whole different game. Yeah. <laughs> pile up box by box. Very different from moving out. Different game, even though they are both moving themed. Um, I love it. Yeah, so that's that's the indie episode, I guess. Um, and there's still stuff we got to talk about. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Necrobarista, but I haven't put enough time into it uh, to fully talk about it. Brent reviewed it for the website when he played it on Steam some time back, but I've been playing the Switch version, Final Pour, so I will have more opinions on that perhaps next week. I can do an indie, indie spotlight on that. Any other indies we got to talk about, guys? There's so many. <laughs> I think that I think nope. that might be it, right? Yeah. I love it. There are no more indies. Uh, there are no. That was it. We covered all of them. Um, so yeah. So make sure you check out Campbell's review on Boyfriend Dungeon, my review on Garden Story, Mark's review on Islanders, the indie snippet on Pile. Oh boy, Pile Up. Yep. Piling mm-hmm. up. Box Incredible. Box. And of course, Campbell's review on Axiom Verge Two over on goomastomp.com. I think that'll probably do it for this episode. I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find everything I just referenced over on goomastomp.com. I am also on Twitter, at Action Daxon. That's Daxon with an X. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Mark Helen. That, of course, is Mark with the C, Cal the K. You can find me on Instagram and um I almost said Facebook. I've never even on logged Facebook, on to baby? the front page. So <laughs> never old. used Facebook before. <laughs> yeah, you can find me oh on Instagram God, wait, and Twitter. Really? Hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Is that real? Yeah, I've never been on the front page of Facebook before. I don't even know what like it looks like. Hey, me neither. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Gen Z for you. Find well, me on LinkedIn. Just... Yeah, yeah, please. Yes. Group me if you're that desperate. Um, you know, I okay. all, I'm adding all you to same. my study group now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, but you could find I got reviews up for Marvel What If, great TV series. Oh, um, so good. Obviously, it's Marvel. All their stuff is great. Uh, I got obviously what Cameron just said, my review for Pile Up, and then I got the review up for Islanders. Uh, there's stuff I want to talk about that I can't talk about again, but you'll see one of them next week. Maybe both of them next week depends on uh, people getting back to me in time. And yeah, and I do want to shout out really quick that if you want to write for the website, apply. Please do. We have an application page right now open. You'll see it. It's in a uh, a gray and white box on the front of the website. We're looking for Nintendo writers, PlayStation writers, uh, WWE, if you're into that stuff, um, film, television, Xbox, comic books, you know, apply. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Please apply. We, we, and that way you can be featured on the podcast. Come on. Come on by. Yeah. Campbell, what about you? Where can we come? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Campbell S. Gill, uppercase CSG. You can find me on LinkedIn at Just Campbell Gill. And since for some reason we're talking about GroupMe now, you can also find me on GroupMe at Campbell Gill. Um, come and study with me. I'm going to be in some classes this semester. It'll be fun. Um, and if you want to check out my games writing, you can find all that on Goombastop.com. I've got all the articles that Cameron just referenced. I have a new indie game spotlight coming out this weekend. And of course, as always, there is much more to come. I love it. Uh, of course, N-Express is also on social media. We are on Twitter at N-Express Nintendo, and we are on YouTube as well, the N-Express Nintendo podcast. You can l- subscribe. I almost said you can like and follow. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on all the podcasting apps of your choice, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Make sure you rate and review. 
We can use some five-star reviews. I think we're great. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time.